The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. And if you'd like more information on our church, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world. And with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 96 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1953, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. When the tests and trials of life begins to weigh heavy upon your heart, tell Jesus because He cares. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. 
Our church choir under the direction of Emilia Han will sing for us this inspirational song entitled Part the Water. Accompanying them will be Teori Summers on the piano, Iris Locke on the bell organ. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen. born again believers, we use the Word of God as our shield and buckler, as our teacher and instructor, as words to comfort and as words to heal. It encompasses all that we as God's children should do to continue our daily walk with Him. Our church band under my leadership will play this heartwarming and comforting song entitled, Speak to My Heart.
a blessed this morning to have our sister in Christ, Rose Bohaku Carter, to sing for us this magnificent song of praise and thanksgiving to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, entitled, Consider the Lilies. Accompanying her will be Iris Locke on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Trustee Associate Pastor Evan Sproat Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars. Consider the lilies, they don't toil nor spin, and there's not a king with more splendor than them. Consider the sparrows, they don't plant nor sow, but they're fed by the master who watches them grow. And a heart full of love He really cares When your head is bowed low Consider the lilies And then you will know May I introduce you To this friend of mine who hands out the stars, tells the sun when to shine, and kisses the flowers each morning with dew. But he's not too busy to care about you. We have a heavenly Father eyes full of mercy and a heart full of love. He really cares when your head is bowed low. Consider the lilies and then you will know. We have a heavenly Father eyes full of mercy and a heart full of love. He really cares when your head is bowed low. Consider Ephesians 1, verse 2 reads in part, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father. Though we were born into this sin-cursed world, God made a way of direction and strength by His grace. Once again, our church choir will delight us with this inspirational and caring song entitled, He Made a Way.
11.10 states, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Thankful what the Lord has done, is doing, and will continue to do, is our instrumentalist, Mason Asano Sr., as he plays for us on his ukulele, this uplifting song entitled, Look For Me. to know that Jesus will be there during our times of sorrow and hardships. If we stand still and trust in God's promises, He will not leave us nor forsake us. Our Ben Crusaders can attest to how the Lord is ever-present in their lives. Listen as they sing this wonderful song entitled, Pass Me Not. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to Ms. Sierra Linhan of Oahu, Hawaii. May the Lord continue to pour out bountiful blessings upon you, Sierra Lynn. In this life and that you come, have a fantastic Sunday. me not, O gentle Savior, hear 
my humble cry while on others thou art calling do not pass me Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XTTV channel 13 in San Diego, 
From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KVVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state of Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held at Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches, as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Verio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Esper in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Esper in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to head pastor Billy Hahn Jr. who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. The greatest teacher I know is the Lord. Through the Holy Spirit, we learn and accept his teachings without exceptions. Do you recall the simple fishermen whom he pressed into his service? They heard the gospel, believed without reservations, repented of their sins, and were baptized in the name of Jesus. Then along with the Lord, they became fishers of men, whose primary goal was to bring souls to Jesus. Thus, viewers, the main purpose of my TV sermon, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven, is to bring Jesus to you and cause you to realize how serious and necessary his salvation is for every participant out there in our viewing audience. There is no question the Bible is the divinely inspired Word of God. It is written by men of old who were breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. Let us read in 2 Peter, the first chapter, verses 20-21, knowing this verse that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This is one of the important passages of Scripture. 
which shows the Bible is not a man-inspired book. Every word of it came from God through men who were guided and kept from error in their writing by the Holy Spirit. After all, His word is settled in heaven and no man can change it. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and to heaven tomorrow. The Bible speaks to the old and young, the sinner and saints. It has a message for every seeking heart. As we thumb through the Gospel of John, we found that the Holy Spirit was the true author, but he always used human instruments chosen of God to do his blessed work. Here, he used a man named John. In fact, he could have used anyone, even you in the TV audience. John was born in Galilee, the son of Zebedee and Salome. He had a brother named James. His family owned a fishing business on the Sea of Galilee. However, looming upon the horizon was another named John. He was a man sent from God, a man named John the Baptist. Very likely John, though a fisherman, had gone to hear this great preacher who thundered forth wonderful messages. Read Matthew 3, 1 and 2. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. One day, while the followers of John the Baptist were listening to his sermon, he suddenly stopped and pointed to a man coming towards him. Let us read John in 1 chapter 29-30. The next day, John sees Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold! the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Immediately John's interest shifted, and no longer did he look to John the Baptist. Instead, he looked to the promised Messiah. He looked at the one whom John the Baptist had pointed out. One day, while the boat was tied up at the dock, and John and James were mending their nets. A shadow fell across them, and they looked up to see Jesus, who was going to change their lives and the lives of millions across the centuries. Jesus told them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They left their nets, their boats, their business, their families, and became once and forever the disciples of Christ. They became fishers of men, as the abandoned being fishers of fish. John was a faithful follower of Jesus throughout his ministry. He was a part of what that inner circle whom Jesus used and honored above all. Read often of Peter, James, and John. They were at the side of Jesus during the most important events of his life. However, John was near Jesus during his trial. He stood by the cross in the hour of death and obey Jesus' command to take Mary home and treat her as his own mother. Listen to John 19:27. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her unto his own home. He fellowshiped with Jesus for 40 days after the resurrection. He witnessed the Lord's ascent into the heavens. Read in Acts 1, 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, 
Two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. John was also present on the day of Pentecost. Read the 13, 14 verses, and when they were come in, they went up into the, an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. In his later years, John was banished to the Isle of Patmos for preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, the selfsame gospel Jesus preached on the shores of Galilee. Read in Mark 1, 14 to 15, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. At Patmos, God drew back the curtain of eternity and allowed John to see the things which were to come. And the Lord commanded John to record in writing what he was being shown. John obeyed this command, and today in every Bible, John's record is known as the book of Revelation. John has been called the beloved, but he wasn't always loving and gentle. On one occasion, a certain village refused to honor Christ and his disciples. This made James and John so furious that they wanted to send fire upon the people, as we read in Luke 9, 54 and 56. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what man or spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went into another village. As the years went by, John was made mellow and lovable by his years of walking with Jesus. His last sermon was, Little children, love one another. We find the purpose of the Gospel of John recorded in John 20, 30-31. And many of the signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that he might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. John has told us many things about Jesus, but here he said that his gospel was too short to disclose all that Jesus had done. He was right. A single book would never be enough to tell all the wonderful and miraculous things Jesus performed in his lifetime. John wrote the book to prove that Jesus Christ was more than a mere man, that he was truly the Son of God and the Almighty God as well. The four Gospels tell us of Jesus' earthly life, Two of these books were written by the men who walked with Jesus in the days of his ministry, namely Matthew and John. 
the other two, Mark and Luke, were not members of the twelve. John pictures Jesus' divinity and shows him as the heavenly one come down to earth, being made flesh to dwell among men. Reading John 1, 1 to 3, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The word is one of the most wonderful terms used to describe the Lord Jesus Christ and his work. Words reveal thoughts and character, and justly so the Lord Jesus expressed God's thoughts and showed us what God is like. God had partly revealed himself once to the prophets and children of Israel, but they had not been able to approach him, for they were sinful. And God is holy. The Lord Jesus came to show God's love and save the people from sin. He told his disciples, he that had seen me had seen the Father. The Bible is also called the Word of God, for it is the written record of his thoughts and ways. In other words, John said, Jesus is the Son of God, and I have written this book to prove it. How did John prove it? He proved it by signs and wonders. The word sign here means miracles. John recalls the days he spent with Jesus, as we find in Mark 16, 17 to 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, that is in Jesus' name, shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. If these signs are not manifested in your church, you had better search the scriptures. For in them you will find the way to eternal life, which is in Christ Jesus. The first miracle that John recalls is the turning of water into wine. You remember that this happened at the marriage in Cana when the wine ran out. When Jesus had completed the miracle of turning water into wine, the governor of the feast said to him, You have saved the best until the last. And do you know something? If you are alcoholic, Jesus can turn the wine into water if you will only let him into your life. The last miracle that John recalls is the raising of Lazarus from the dead. One of Jesus' best friends, Lazarus, died while the Lord was away. Martha, the sister of Lazarus, came to Jesus and said, If thou had been here, my brother would not have died. Listen to John eleven twenty three to 26 Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again. In the resurrection at the last day, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though ye were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? At the grave, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. I believe if Jesus had not mentioned Lazarus by name, all the dead would have come forth. This goes to show you that Jesus Christ knows the name of every born-again Christian. And someday, like Lazarus, the dead in Christ will rise first when they shall hear the three little words, to come up hither. All the apostles were dead. Jerusalem was overthrown and the temple had been destroyed. However, Christianity prospered and achieved great triumphs. The martyrdom of the apostles brought multitudes of souls to Jesus. Of course, Satan is never happy when things go well in a church. A group arose which claimed that Jesus was the son of Joseph and Mary by natural birth. John wrote this gospel, refute that rumor. 
Nicodemus made a correct statement. Let us read John 3, 2. The saying came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now Nicodemus was a member of the Jewish Sanhedrin or parliament. He was a cautious politician and a secret believer in Christ Jesus. Jesus himself was the first to preach about the new birth of being born again. Reading the third verse, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The word again is inserted because God knew that having human fathers, man is born once. This first birth gives each of us not only human life, but a sinful nature as well. Before we can be saved and know God, we must experience what is likened to a second birth. When we do so, God gives us a new nature and a new life that is like Him and which wants to please Him. Only people who have this new life can be called true Christians. There are many people who claim to be Christians without it. They think they are Christians because they lead an honest life, keep the golden rule, go to church and pay their bills. A true born-again Christian is one who believes in the Lord Jesus as the Son of God and the only Savior for this lost and dying world. Jesus made it clear that even those people who lived uprightly, like Nicodemus, and were very religious Jews, had to be born again. The new birth is realized when one takes Jesus as his or her Savior. He comes through water, and the Spirit, reading John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It takes water baptism and the baptism of the Spirit, which is speaking in an unknown tongue, to get into the kingdom of God. Truly, viewers, you can't have one without the other. What God had joined together, let no man put asunder. Why argue with God? He tells us you must be born again. The question is, how can we be born again? In Acts 2.38, Peter instructed those who rejected and crucified Jesus, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Isn't this clear to all of you that when you repent and are baptized, God promises he will take away your sins and remove them as far as the east is from the west and grant unto you the gift of the Holy Spirit which will lead you into eternal life. The promise of God are yea and amen. Peter informs us in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So this verse tells us that baptizing in the titles or in any other name will not save you. It was John who said those who believe in Jesus will have life. What did he mean by life? Does he mean a few years of hard times and death and the grave? Life means more than that. Listen to John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the life that Jesus was speaking about, a life that never ends, a life with Jesus and our born-again loved ones in heaven. It means a life of joy, happiness, and freedom. Later on, when John looked into heaven, he wrote these words in Revelation 21.4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. 
and there shall be no more sea, death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away, tears, death, sorrow, hard times, crying and pain. These are the things in this life that hurts us the most. But none of these torments will be found in heaven. There will be nothing there but joy, happiness, and bliss in the presence of Jesus Christ. Life, that is what Jesus gives to those who receive him. Abundant life on this earth and life eternal in paradise. The man who doesn't know Jesus is not living. He is just existing. You may be a millionaire. You may live in a mansion with servants. You may have all that the world can give. These are only material things. And a man who has only them is just existing. One never really begins the good life until he receives Jesus as his Savior, Master, and Lord. Jesus tells in Mark 8, 36-37, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Yes, what shall it profit a man if he shall lose all the consolations in the heavens, but does not know Jesus Christ, the bright and morning star? What shall it profit a man if he be a mighty mathematician and yet cannot figure the value of a soul? What shall it profit a man if he be a great doctor and not know Jesus, the great physician who has never lost a case? To my viewing audience, I say, the Lord wants you. The Lord needs you. The Lord needs your love and devotion. The Lord wants to save your soul. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to accept the Lord Jesus. There is no promise of tomorrow. If you were to depend on all the tomorrows, we would collect a lot of yesterdays. Yes, God has mansions in the sky waiting for us. Jesus tells us in John 14, 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Without the Gospel of John, we would not have a complete picture of Jesus. In John, we see more than a record of Jesus' mighty miracle. We see him forgiving a sinful woman, accused to be an adulteress by the Pharisees and scribes. As you read in John 3, 4 to 5, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded that such should be stoned. But what say thou? They say this, that they might accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. He told them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Finally being convicted by their own consciousness, they left one by one. When Jesus lifted up, he saw none of the men there. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said in the 11th verse, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. In other words, don't do it again. And don't make the same mistake twice. We also know that Jesus interceded for us in the greatest prayer ever offered. Jesus was a man of prayer. At the age of 12, he said, I must be about my father's business. 
as the son of God, he was about his father's business, preaching and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. As the son of Mary, he was obedient to her and returned home with her. As you read in Luke 2, 51 to 52, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all of these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. After he was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan at age of 30, he was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. He spent 40 days and nights fasting and praying. Afterward, he became hungry. Let's read Matthew 4, 3 to 4. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Satan had no doubt as to who our Lord was. When he said, if thou be the son of God, he used the word if in the sense of since. For Satan's whole purpose in tempting the Lord Jesus was that he might entice Jesus to act independent of the Father. The temptation of our Lord was very real. It was answered in every instance by quotations from the Old Testament. That is the word of God. Rereading the 7th and 10th verses, Jesus said unto him, it is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. A great but difficult and busy life lay ahead of Jesus, and he prayed for strength to meet the test of those years. As Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So must we follow the pattern of Jesus. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing with serious appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. To close another hour of sweet fellowship, we call upon our church band to play for you this wonderful number entitled, Bring Them In.
program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.